Looking for a way to keep your kids or grandkids entertained? Just tell your smart speaker to play Vision Kids Radio. Vision Kids! Problem solved. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Wonderful opportunity today to get some insights into what is happening in the African nation of Uganda. And we just happen to know someone personally who has been a missionary in Uganda for many years, Russell Barton, who was also the founder of the ministry that comes under the banner of United Christian Broadcasters called Pray For Me. And we won't talk a lot about that today, but Russell, welcome along. I guess when we talk about Pray For Me, you've got some great memories to do with what we do with UCB, and I'm sure you get surprised at the way that UCB has expanded all around Australia, the Vision Radio Network, and uh, and Pray For Me, the prayer ministry. Let me just get your thoughts on here for a moment. Pray For Me these days has something in the vicinity of 3,000 calls a month, and uh, you were the visionary that got this underway. Fantastic. That's great to hear, Neil. Yeah, Pray For Me certainly was um, and certainly is uh, special to me. Uh, God gave us that. Uh, ministry to birth, and certainly I think it's a great way to connect people during a time of crisis, during a time of need, to our God that does answer prayers today. And so it's wonderful to have UCB managing that, looking after it, and running forward with it. Well, always like to honour you when we get to talk, uh, because that has been a significant part of what's happening here right throughout Australia. Uh, pray for me. Let me talk about uh, Uganda with you, because you were called to Uganda. There was some amazing things that happened. Tell me about the way Operation Uganda looks these days. Oh, today, it's almost 10 years on since we went to Uganda, and uh, certainly God's been great and has grown the ministry, and his hand's been in our work so often. It's been great to see so much fruit, and we've seen countless lives, thousands upon thousands of people impacted through the ministry. Today, we've got over 500 children that are in our scholarship program. Those children are orphaned and vulnerable kids, Neil. You know, they're kids that, you know, without any intervention, without any helping hand from us, um, weren't able to attend school. They were in a position that was absolutely desperate. Uh, we initially started a children's home and soon realized the problem was bigger than any home could contain. So we started working with households, enabling extended families and carers to work with kids that were in absolute crisis, absolute need. And, of course, the way that people's hearts have been conditioned over many generations now, and uh, and for listeners who are old enough to remember, the dreadful dictator of Idi Amin back Mm. to the 1970s, and there's been a number of very difficult leaders in the lead-up, and uh, that's shaped people's lives in in different ways and uh, to, to the circumstances that you have today. Let me ask you about the overall mood in Uganda, uh, the governance there, uh, Uganda on the world stage. Uh, how does how does life feel when you're living in Uganda these days? It's certainly an interesting place, uh, to say the least. We've been there during a couple of elections, and I think any election in Africa is a hot spot, and it normally goes off. It's crazy with riots. I remember our last election, which was about three or so years ago, our kids were at an international mission school that got evacuated. We were back at our house, uh, all barracked down. There was gunfire out in the streets, fires burning. I remember at one stage, uh, my family was looking out the window and we heard some automatic gunfire just down the street. And I said, guys, get down. Those bullets are going up. They're going to come down somewhere. 
And uh, certainly the elections are crazy in Africa, full stop. Uh, For Uganda, it's no different. And uh, there's an election year next year. And so certainly listeners be praying for peace, for wisdom, and for God's hand to be on that nation for good leadership. The current president, uh, President Museveni, is um, reaching, you know, the latter years of his life, and I don't know if he's going to want to relinquish power easily and uh, certainly be praying for wisdom and, and peace for that nation. Obviously, it takes a level of courage to be a missionary and to be a missionary in Uganda where you've got the possibility of what you've just been talking about, automatic gunfire on the street. You, as a parent, decided to raise your children on the mission field. Uh, how do your kids cope when they're in the circumstance when there is a volatility like you're talking about? Yes, certainly, Neil. You know, it's there's a balance between being crazy and exercising wisdom. And certainly as a parent, we all want the best for our kids. I think sometimes, though, we can live life a little too fragile when it comes to the cause of Christ. You know, there is no greater cause on the planet than to chase after God and his heart with everything. And the most important commodity to God is people. And so certainly for us serving in Uganda, we're serving people. And our kids, they understand the value of a life. They understand, you know, the cause of this kingdom that, you know, that we decided to to chase after. In saying that, certainly we've had times that, you know, there's been hostile times throughout the years and there's been times where our kids have all had malaria and sickness and whatnot. I think, you know, we have put certain things in place in regards to security protocols and just make sure that, you know, we can do the best that we can do in that situation. And so many people, you know, they can use an excuse not to do anything. You raised your children in Uganda. In fact, uh, you're still raising them there. And I know you're home for a slightly extended stay this time. And uh, no doubt you'll be taking the family back. Uh, Tell me about the sorts of things you've got in place Uh, You mentioned that there are a number of things that you've got uh, in place and there were no schools. Now these days you've got classrooms and uh, you're caring for uh, children who are orphans, uh, children who've gone through the most dreadful circumstances. What does the actual compound look like where Operation Uganda is operating? Our base is in the slums of Kampala. That's one of our project sites. Uh, Actually, I remember... A, uh, I'm a quote by C.T. Studd I learned when I was in Bible college, Neil. You know, some choose to live by the sound of chapel bells, but as for me, I'll build a rescue shop at the gates of hell. And that, uh, that quote by C.T. Studd sort of resonated in my spirit. And for us going to Uganda, you know, and certainly, you know, basing our, our first work in the slums in Kampala, you know, certainly it reminded me so much of that. It's a rescue shop for so many people in that community. We're able to minister, you know, to, to hundreds, to thousands of people in that community. It's just jam-packed. We planted a local church in that community. We've trained up a national pastor, and it's thriving. Every Sunday, it's booming, but not just on a Sunday. Throughout the course of the week, it's ministering to people, making a huge impact. Our youth ministry uh, is exploding. Our kids' ministry, uh, it just booms. We've got some of our national team trained up as chaplains in the primary and the secondary schools, and it's just wonderful to see the impact. Uh, but for us personally, as a family, we don't live on the project site. Uh, we live in another area of Kampala. And our house, you know, is like nine-foot brick walls with razor wire around the outside, you know, with an armed security guard at the front gate and, you know, with four big dogs, Rottweilers and German Shepherds and bars on the windows and big padlocks and chains. It's a bit like a prison. And uh, so very different to our life here in Australia. And I, 
whenever we're back, we certainly enjoy the, the liberty and the freedom that we have in this nation. And even just to go on the ride, at the park for a ride on your bike or your skateboard, great. Sometimes we take these freedoms and this lifestyle that we lead in Australia, we take it for granted. We'll talk some more in just a few moments. Russell Barton, our guest, the founder of Operation Uganda. You can see their websites at operationuganda.org. Russell, uh, interested to hear some more about what's going on in Uganda and some more about you and your family in just a short while. We're back talking with Russell Barton, the founder of Operation Uganda. He's home for a little extended stay this time. Uh, Russell, as we get a bit of an update on what's happening in Uganda, of course, the appearance of the LRA, the Lord's Resistance Army, there was a lot of attention to that globally uh, as people uh, tried to stamp out uh, this dreadful operation within the bounds of Uganda. How's things going with the LRA these days? Well, Neil, it's an interesting uh, topic. Uh, Joseph Kony is um, he's been on the run for some time. There's reports that he could be somewhere in the Congo, or DRC. Um, no one really knows where he is. Certainly, um, numerous military agencies have been trying to track him down. He's an international criminal, and. Um, the the Lord's Resistance Army certainly had its reign, you know, for 20-odd years, is known to have abducted uh, over 30,000 children and used them as child soldiers. And uh, we were in Uganda right in the middle of that, you know, crazy period when there was, you know, thousands of people in refugee camps. There was one refugee camp, Neil, that we were working in that had 45,000 people in it. And uh, we, were, we initially went up, you know, not knowing what the landscape would look like. And we'd go up, drive up you know, to the war-torn area in northern Uganda. Uh, we'd go through uh, military checkpoints, drive past ambush sites the night before. And, um, you know, certainly God's hand of protection was on us uh, during that time. And we were able to work with a number of local pastors in the refugee camps and certainly bring you know, the hope of Christ to those people living in desperate situations you know, during those times. Since then, since the last five to seven years, there's been relative peace in northern Uganda, and people have moved out of the refugee camps back into their communities. And uh, that certainly created its own issues as well, because there's just been no infrastructure. Because when we think of Uganda, we think geographically, there you are bordering with South Sudan. And mm. uh, we've been monitoring along the developments that happened uh, and the war between North Sudan or Sudan and South Sudan. And of course, uh, when you talk about refugees, is this where the refugees are coming from? Uh, they're coming across the Sudanese border into Uganda looking for somewhere safe? Well, currently there's refugees uh, from Sudan in Uganda uh, because of the ongoing conflict uh, between you know, the Christian and the nation, uh, the Muslims, uh, in uh, with the new, you know, the birthing of you know Sudan's landscape. During the time of LRA, though, the uh, the majority of refugees were internally they were internally displaced people groups, and so they were Ugandan people, and so there was up to about three million Ugandans that were considered as internal refugees. During the war, it was just a conflict zone; it was just anarchy, and so the government, in its uh, you know wisdom, you could say, uh, rounded all the uh, the residents of Uganda up in those regions and put them in military guarded refugee camps. The largest one was about sixty five thousand people, uh, and then there was a 
they went downwards from there. And the one that we were working in was 45,000, but predominantly Ugandans during that time of war. And as people gravitate towards the cities, as is typical uh, as to what happens in countries uh, like Uganda, mm-hmm. uh, they find their way into the slum areas where you're working in Kampala. I guess you're working with a whole lot of different people and they might have all the same skin colour, but coming from all sorts of different uh, backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds. Oh, absolutely. We've got people in our communities that, for, for example, are from Rwanda, from Sudan, from the Congo as well. And certainly, you know, people will come to any city hoping that it's like, you know, the yellow brick road, that their dreams are going to come through. And quite often they're very disappointed. And, you know, to be honest, Neil, if I was, you know, living in poverty in an African country, I would much rather be out in the in the country sitting under an avocado or a mango tree rather than living on the dirt in a slum in a, in a major city. And it's, it's, it's terrible. Russell, let me come back to your family because your family, uh, teenage years and uh, and slightly older, uh, grown up on the mission fields in Uganda. Uh, what do they feel uh, when they see these sorts of differences as to what they're seeing in life in Uganda and then coming back to Australia? Is there a drawing of their heartstrings to uh, to to help the poor as you've done? Yeah, my children are certainly impacted for the greater good, and I think they'll. They'll all end up serving God in one way or another, particularly in a service industry way, uh, wanting to to do something for the betterment of people. Uh, and our kids have certainly seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, as anyone does on the mission field. And you know they've seen you know uh, lots of pain, lots of hurt, but out of that they've seen lots of hope and lots of you know fantastic fruit and great testimonies of what God has done. Our kids certainly you know have um, have a large world view. And I think they understand, you know, the value God has on someone's life. And they certainly take the time to sit down with someone, you know, care for them, pray for them. And, you know, just I just appreciate people. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I think they're certainly special kids. When you first arrived in Uganda, you really had nothing to start anything with. And uh, I've heard the, the story before, but uh, you've got Operation Uganda going. It's a significant operation there in the slums of Kampala. Uh, you're drawing support from various supporters throughout Australia. How can listeners to our conversation now actually be a supporter of what's happening with your mission there in Uganda? Sure. One of the best ways to get to get involved and to contact us is through our website, operationuganda.org, or else, you know, just give us a call, one three hundred seven nine five three zero three, And uh, certainly we can, you know, direct you to the best way your support can go. And we're a ministry that's faith-based, Neil. And, you know, like UCB, you know, we operate pretty much on a monthly budget. What comes in goes out, and there's no shortage of need. There's no shortage of opportunity. At the moment, Neil, we're actually working up in, northeastern Uganda in a little a district called Abim. And there's about 80,000 people up there. And since the war, thousands of them went back to their communities. And there's just no infrastructure up there at all, no schools. The kids are all sitting under mango trees being taught. The government's been able to provide teachers, but just no, there's no classrooms. And so when we went up there, we thought, oh, gosh, you know, what can we do? And we we looked at our little and we thought, well, let's give that. And then, you know, brick after brick, we're able to build four classrooms for this small school. We still need to build three more classrooms for the school that we're working in. And the community members, oh, they love us. Actually, there's there's a funny story, Neil. There's um, there's two children in that town that are called after me. And um, 
I was uh, I was up there recently, and they they have a problem with their R's, Neil. So an R sounds like an L. So then they call me Lussel, um, or they call me Barton, <laughs> and Barton is a lot better than Lussel. And so there was a lady one day where I was up there, and Margaret's her name, and um, Margaret walks up to me, and she goes, Barton, Barton, you must come here and meet your namesake. She walks up to me of a newborn baby, and and, the, and there is little Barton, and. Uh, there was also a little girl that was recently born. They've named her Jenny. Thank goodness they didn't call her Russell. <laughs> but yes. uh, the community certainly is appreciating the work that we're doing. They're asking us now. Uh, we've got permission you know, from the community because of the work that we've done. They're asking us to plant a church in that area. They want to know about Christianity. Uh, that area is an unreached people group. And it's, it's, it's just phenomenal. You know, it's such a privilege to be able to do that. So there's church planting, you're working with schools, you've got projects to build classrooms, you've got sponsorship of children. If someone wants to sponsor a child uh, in Operation Uganda, what does it cost them per month? Well, sponsorship is $45 a month, Neil, and every cent of that makes a difference, makes an impact in a children's life. You know, Neil, I'm 100% behind child sponsorship. I believe that every Australian has a responsibility to sponsor a child in a third world country. And there's many great organizations that do sponsorship. Certainly, I'm going to endorse Operation Uganda because I get the privilege to see firsthand the impact that every cent, every dollar that an Australian gives makes on a child in Uganda, and it transforms lives. I've seen kids go all the way through primary and secondary school, come out now and go on to provide for their, you know, provide for their households, their families, go on and marry and become successful young adults. And it's been a privilege to see that. Well, it is a nation that continues to go through all sorts of struggles. Uh, We're talking about Uganda. And if you'd like to be a supporter of Russell and, uh, of course, his family, the ministry that they founded there, Operation Uganda, uh, that website, operationuganda.org. That's something you can go to on your a computer and you can find out how you can support there. Uh, Russell Barton, always good catching up. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.